believers. And we pray, man, there's a lot of needs right now. There's loss and sufferings of loss. We've experienced and two people passing and so young. And so, Father, when one suffers, we know all suffer. And that you're, it is written that you're the God of all comfort. And Lord, let us bring right now through prayer your kingdom on earth in a real way. The meaning of your scriptures, the meaning of comfort, the comforter in the meaning of what you're saying. So begin to comfort the McDonald family in the name of Jesus, the God of all comfort, the God of all consolation. Let the meaning of that scripture manifest to their hearts and their minds right now. Envelop them with mercy, with loving kindness, uh, and, and just cover them right now in the name of Jesus. Comfort, console, and, and strengthen them, we pray, in the name of Jesus. In mercy, send mercy to reach their minds for the kids, for the grandkids, for the sons and, and the daughters in that family, God. And for the dad, in, increase your consolation in meaning and strength. There's no distance in prayer. Release your presence even as we're praying, calling on your name, believing that you, be, you do what you say you do. You are who you say you are. And so we believe and lean into that with all of our heart, soul, and strength. We pray. We pray for the Pina family. We pray for them. I pray for the daughters. I pray for them. They've been through so much. And you become the glory and become the lifter of their heads, become the reality to their sorrows, begin to, to, begin to melt doubt and fears and, and anxieties out of their minds and begin to strengthen them with love and the light and the life of the person of Jesus Christ. Console, comfort, encourage, strengthen them in this season of life that they're in, Lord. Cover them. Continue in them. Send help to them. Whether it's us and other people in the next place they're going to live, send help to them. Send sensitized people to bring a word and season to their lives. We give you praise and thank you for your real. And we lean into you. Open our eyes that we might see. Open our ears that we can hear. And enlarge our hearts to comprehend, receive, and be built up right now in the name of Jesus, we pray. I pray for my mother as well, God, in the name of Jesus, that there's no distance in prayer. Manifest your presence for her body. Manifest healing in her body. Manifest strength in her body. Manifest a re speedy recovery right now. And begin to touch her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. And we believe and, and believe that by our prayers that she's freed, by our belief that she's liberated, by our faith that she's well in the name of Jesus. So we give you praise and we give you thanks right now. And God, there's many things going on. Many are they that encompass. Many are they that trouble. There's a lot of happenings, a lot of troublings, and a lot of people in, in this situation. And we're, we're here to pray. We're not here to, to just do meetings or any of that. We're here to pray. We're here to give you an avenue through our hearts, through our mouths, on earth as it is in heaven. And God, we pray for people right now. We pray, God, right now that, you, that the love of God would manifest perfect love, matured love would begin to cast fear out of people's minds and hearts in the name of Jesus. That people that are high-centered and stuck in religion that is impotent, nothingness, that they come out and find you in the real way. Where you live, where you dwell, where do you dwell, that they dwell with you. And so send us, here we are, send us, whoever, to whomever, wherever, we're willing and obedient. And we, we trust you on this in Jesus' name. We wait upon you for a moment. We give you your place. You're the head of the church. You're the head of the, of the universe. And you're the Lord of our lives. You're the God of the judge of spirits of all men, not just churchmen. You're here, Lord. You're here. You're present. We sense your presence. We acknowledge your presence. And you make our hearts with oneness, with strength, truth, and wisdom. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We allow you have full reign in our lives. Shift our hearts. Touch our minds. And keep our bodies in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. It's been a couple weeks. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 60. Lord, thanks for your presence. Thanks for your, who you are right now to us. And I don't want to drown you out when you're filling us up. So we take the pause and the moment to just let you finish what's in our heart or to our hearts. We appreciate you. We glorify you. We thank you, God. You raise up people, strengthen people that represent you, that will reflect you in this time of change, in time of transition in life. 
We love you, we love you, we love you, we bless you, we bless you, we bless you, we honor you, we honor you. With our hands lifted up and our hearts filled with gratitude and praise that you're alive and you keep us well. You keep us sound. You keep us in running lanes. You keep us going forward in times of chaos, in times of nuttiness. We praise you. We love you and bless you. Glory be to your name. Honor be to your name. Praise be to your name. Glory, honor, and praise. Unto you that does exceedingly and abundantly above everything we ever think or anything we ask according to your presence and power. In Jesus' name. Amen. So I'll try it again. Huh? Isaiah 60. And I want you to go there and I want you to write it down and mark it down. We'll go through this. And, it, and be, I want to do it in a way that people hear it, it resonates, it witnesses, it uh, it makes sense and it makes faith, right? And it kind of anchors people. And for us here, and for you know myself as well, I, I'm a beneficiary of that. But as people out there as well, because there's there's too many too many sounds, not enough voice, and mm -hmm. and we need the Lord's voice. And 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 I was telling the guy the the other day, the guy the, the preacher guy, I'm like, man. I don't, I'm not reading a book. I'm not reading books. I don't care about books. I want to read what the Lord has already written in the volume in me, in, in you. In Psalms 139, David said, you've written, I've been written, a volume is inside of me, Psalms 139. And if you look at the message, it'll encourage you because that thing that's written in you, only God pens that. It, you know, he says, we are written epistles. The ink is his finger that wrote in us. Before I was born, before you were born, before you came into your mother's womb, Psalms 139, David's depth of revelation in Psalms, he said, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And when, before I was even a goo in my mother's womb, you wrote a volume and you told me what I'm going to do, what I'm going to be. So that's what I want to read. Yeah. That's where I want to hear. That's the sound I want to I listen to, right? That's the voice that I'm, that I'm focusing on. Yeah. Not with the writings of books and especially religious books that just do the same thing the same way and nothing changes. Mm -hmm. I want that sound of God. And so I found, I was telling Sarah, I was telling Danielle, I was telling several others that I found that going through a lot of junk in life, that there's a faith in you that, that you can't deny. There's a, it's alive in you. It doesn't leave you. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's, I, will, I called it marrow faith. You know, we're bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. And there's a marrow faith in you. You know, I was telling the guy the other day, no matter how much you go through and the difficulties, there's still this faith in you that you still believe in you. And it's not by your ability. It's by his dispensing and it's how he made you. And that's part of the measure of faith. Romans 12 talks about to every man is given a measure of faith. Mm -hmm. And that measure is given to each one of us for the journey that we're to walk on. Right. Our times, our seasons are in his hands. And so if we listen to that voice, we know where we're going and where we're heading. And, and, and when we're not done with things, yeah. that's the inner faith. And it's not like. A trained faith it's not just a biblical theological studied about faith or even a principle of faith it's that marrow faith mm -hmm. you know he says I'll separate joints and marrow soul from spirit I'm the Word of God not a Bible the Word of God and that's in you so I go man I'm not reading books and he said man that's really makes sense and he goes that's really good and I'm like well because it's just simply real mm -hmm. and as you go through life you experience more life with God in life you go man I people are always like you know I, I need faith and all. only when they do that on their little churchy world it's like I need faith because they, they hear so much doctrine emptiness mm -hmm. and they put themselves into deserving or effort and self-righteousness mm -hmm. it's not how it works right. you were born this way and God put a measure in you and Ephesians you can write it down chapter 2 I think it's 8 through uh, 10 and 10th uh, verse he says we are his workmanship we are his handy uh, we are his poet uh, his handiwork his handy writings we are his poetry it says in the translations he says for pre-ordained works mm -hmm. and that's what i'm talking about that faith in you that that faith was given you and, that, and it, when you got born again it's activated in you and that faith is going to run its course through you and even if you do right in some areas or wrong in some areas, that faith is going to live and see you through. Yeah. You know, Paul said this. He said, David once spoke in, in Corinthians. He, he quotes it. He says um, that we, we have the spirit of faith, right? He goes, he goes uh, I believe, therefore I will speak. Mm -hmm. and, we, and we have this same spirit of faith. So we don't want the doctrine of faith. I don't want to hear stale bread and doctrine. I want to listen to the reading and the writing. Jesus, example, in Luke 4, he goes, 
He gets the, in the temple of religion. They give him the fourth chapter. He turns to Isaiah and then and he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me to preach to the blind and da, da, da. And he, in liberation. And he looks at them and he goes, hey, this day, this scripture is fulfilled. It's me. And so he's reading that volume in him and applying it to the scripture without. And so that's all, that's what God, he said, hey, I wrote something in you guys. I placed something in you. It's a preordained word. It's the way you're made. And you're going to find yourself having a faith. So you believe, therefore you will say, yes. and you're not basing it on what you did right or what you did wrong, right. what, where you attended, where you didn't attend. But that living God that lives in you gave you a living faith that has inspiration that keeps you. And that's why Peter writes in 1 Peter, I'm kept by the power of God through faith. Yes. There's a keeping power. And you, you know that. He wrote that because he experienced it. And these, this, these Bible writers, I look for the meaning. I look for the spirit of the writer. I look for the illustrations. Like no temptation has taken you except for just common, common man. So whatever we're facing right now on the planet, in our lives, it's common man. It, he says, it's common man experiences. It's not even demons or whatever. It's common man. Mm -hmm. And he says, and I'm, I've equipped you to find the, the little hole out of it or to bear it manfully. Mm -hmm. One of the two. You're going to bear it or you're going to go through it. Mm -hmm. But you can make it. And that's that faith thing in you, right? So even when you start, if you get in the darkest of hours, and I found that to be true. In my darkest of hours, I got revealed the Father. In my darkest of hours, I found out about me more, but I also found out that I have this faith. And it's not based on me studying, devotion. That's just nonsense. I'm just so tired of the, the people that come up with the same record, the same time, the same way. If they know a living Jesus, they'll know a living reality that they have a living faith, not based on themselves, lest any man could boast. Yes. That faith lives because he lives. Right. That faith is substance and evidence. It's going to direct us. It's going to put feet on the ground, and we're going to keep moving. That's right. And it won't stay stagnant. No. And it won't remain the same. And we won't feel the same. And we won't smell the same. We're going to look different. Right. And that's reality. But if you go into religion, you're going to be stuck and you smell the same and it, it tastes the same and it looks the same. And that's, and that's you, we, we're not living there. Right. So if you get rid of it and divorce your thoughts to religion's impotency and, you know, get off your bed, rise up, take up your bed and walk out of it, you're going to be better than living with the impotent. That's right. And that's what he says in John 5. I'm impotent. I don't have a man. He, he's saying, man, I'm your words. Rise up, take up your bed, walk out of here and go past all those religious guys that are telling you to stay here. Because you don't want to be impotent like them. You don't want, you want to be fresh and new. And that's the way God is. And he's going to do it pretty much if you keep just acknowledging, just wanting, just desiring. So I'll get to that in a minute. But Isaiah says it like this. Arise, shine. Your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen on you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. And gross darkness, circle gross darkness, the people, and gross darkness. So we're talking universally, and, I, and, and that helps us understand, though it's not going to change much of anything. But Satan says in, in this, like he says, I will be like the Most High God. I'm going to be just like him. And you mentioned something like it that made me think about it. He said, I will be like the Most High God. This is how God says it in Psalms 133. How good, how pleasant it is that brethren will dwell together in unity. It's like the oil that comes down the head, down the beard, down the shoulders, and none to the body. Okay, gross darkness covering the people. Satan says, I will be like the most high. The darkness, the funk, is rolling down the head. Mm -hmm. It's when, when you know you're in, when the people are in gross darkness is when gross darkness is speaking and it makes no sense. Mm -hmm. And it's speaking through going down the leaders, the, the people that are in headships like these the ones that we have right now, mm. it's gross darkness. Everything that comes out of their mouth are lies. Mm. Right. It's not, not my choosing. I'm not discerning. I'm not perceiving. I hear you lying. Mm. I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, I don't know. The moment you lie, the proof counters you. Yes. You're not just lying. You are a liar. Right. Yeah. And, I got, and I seen you and I did my study on you. You as a, as a fake leader, 1988, you were already lying. And you got caught in lies and you're still lying. Right. So why would I... The gross darkness is backing you, man. I know, and I'm not a, a, a weirdo religionist. Yeah. I, I'm just talking facts. So yeah. when it's gross darkness, it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And when it's gross darkness over the peoples, they, it, nothing, they say the most stupidest thing because they're blinded, like Corinthians says, by the God of this world. He goes, he blinds the minds of those mm -hmm. 
and their minds are blind. They don't even hear their, their language. They sound silly. Mm -hmm. Just nothing makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so if it, if it doesn't make sense and it doesn't have any reality of faith, it's gross darkness. Yeah. So I'm not buying in, right? So, but we know that because we have light. And so the light arrives and shine. The light will shine is greater than the darkness, even how strong the darkness is. So then you listen to the light, which is discernment. You, met, you listen to the light. I was telling Sarah, I'm getting rid of the ifs in my life. If, if this is God, if this is not God. Once I know that, I'm done with it. If is gone. Now, no excuse. Believe it. Believing is honoring. Let's walk through this, right? Ifs are gone. Uh, maybes. Now I'm getting rid of maybes. Once I discern it, and, and I don't see, because this is the hard part with discerning it. We see in part, 1 Corinthians 13 says, we only see a part of it. That's what's hard to me sometimes. I see it in part, but I don't see the whole. So I, when I see something like an evil persuasion or not just, uh, but a person that allowed themselves to be of an evil order, to want to call it like that with wisdom and, and that, I don't want to criminalize something, but I want to discern it. Yeah. So I get to the point, because in discerning, you're not going to go so far. And I got to take the maybes out. Right. Like we were talking about dealing with kids or whatever. If they're lying and you ask them, hey, did you, did you do this? Did you do that? And they go, uh, no. And you go, I, I know you did. <laughs> I kind of know you did, but I wasn't there. Yeah. Are you lying? No. And then inside, they're like, yeah, you are. I say, from now on, get the gavel. I might be wrong, but I'm taking the maybe out. You are sentenced yeah, <laughs> to right. your room for three days. And if I don't find out and I'm wrong, God will deliver you out of the prison of the room. <laughs> but you've got to decide. Yeah. And you've got to get rid of maybe, right? Because yeah. otherwise you go... Maybe, and I used to do it all the time, and it hamstrings me. I discern it because I only see in part, and I go, Well, I don't want to criminalize, I want to be accurate though. Maybe give him benefit of the doubt. Nope, no, I see it, I only see in part. As the part I see, I gotta get rid of maybe. The part I see, kick out the maybe. The part I see, kick out the maybe. Guilty, <laughs> judge, <laughs> sentenced. Like Judge Dredd was a Stallone movie who he's like, What are you? I'm Judge Dredd. Judge, sentenced, and executed. You should see it. It's a, it's a funny show. But anyway, that's what you have to do. Because if you have maybe, you're going to be hamstrung. Right. You're not going to help your kids in life. You're going to be all, maybe they were telling me the truth. Or maybe this guy really isn't. God. No, maybe, 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 maybe. Get rid of the maybe. Mm -hmm. And you'll stay in reality. Yeah. And that's just every aspect of your life. So I told her I'm getting rid of ifs. I'm getting rid of maybes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, want, I want out of it. Because it's, it's uh, cluttering me. It's frustrating me, and it's leaving. It's dulling my eyes. It's dulling my discerning, and I will not be nicer than Jesus. I will not buy into religion. I'm not going to do that. And so that life, but that living faith in you will come. It'll fight, and you'll say, "Just pull the trigger on it, man." Yes is yes, no is no. Okay, mm -hmm. and then later maybe you know you get your head how your head works. Like, well, maybe I didn't do, it. or maybe I, maybe's done, done yeah. until otherwise. And if I did it wrong, he'll redeem it. Mm -hmm. So what? I gotta live that way, or else I'm gonna get stuck. Mm -hmm. And I'm not. And my my uh, magazine is jammed. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I got this great magazine and thing, but I can't pull the trigger mm -hmm. because of me. Yeah. Because of my maybe. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So practice on the, the little ones, right? Yeah. They're like, you're sentenced, judge, jury. But yeah. So gross darkness. So the little bit of light and discerning that we have, though we see in part, we don't see the whole. We still gotta believe the part we see. That's 1 Corinthians 13. Though I see in part, the part you see, lean into it. The part you see, believe it. The part you see, call it for yourself. If you don't say it to anyone else, call it in private. Live sanely. Don't, don't self-doubt. Mm -hmm. Don't double-mind it. Don't maybe it. That'll keep you right. The Jesus said if your eye is single, it'll be flooded with light. He said it's, it's bad when your eye gets uh, off and it starts taking in darkness. And there's a, I think it's Luke chapter 5, 35, maybe something like that. So we want to keep our eyes single, keep our square, keep it clean. That's our opticals, right? That's our opticals. He says gross darkness of people. So, you know, universally, we're, we're, we're going to be in it. I mean, no matter where you go, wherever, it, th this funky presence... Uh, is it's not relenting. You know, you can wake up day and night. You still have your love and your people, and you still do your will with God. But 
it's not relenting yet. It's mm-hmm. still dark, and it might be getting darker. And I don't know how long that season is. You know, like I, I want to read you that scripture that I, that I quoted before I go on, and it's in the. It says, "Gross darkness, the peoples." And I looked up the word in Second Corinthians four, verse four, and it says, uh, "He, the God of this world, that blinds the minds of those." Right, and uh, the word the word blinds is fifty one eighty six in the Greek, and it says, "Having a cloudy perspective, blowing smoke, which causes." spiritual blindness that's just the definition experiencing cloudiness it comes from the word to the root word 5187 is typhoon i'm not a greek guy but whatever properly to blow smoke cloud up the air having a cloudy muddled mindset moral blindness resulting in wrong judgment which brings further loss to spiritual perception it's just definitions right and so, arise, shine, your lights come. Just hang on to the light. Get rid of the maybes. Call it what it is, you know, and, and live with it. Mm-hmm. And if it changes, then it changes. And then you go, you're not too arrogant to say, I think I, might, I was wrong. Right. I was wrong. But I'd rather do something right or wrong, but do something yeah. than do nothing. And it's constantly being like, a, he said, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And all these truths apply nationally, but also practically to our lives I mean the smallest of things that we get stuck in you know like the the Jewish uh, book that we were just discussing the reason why uh, the God of this world blinded their minds is because he knows how humans are wired spirit they are a spirit they have a soul they live in a body they, he knows that reasonings logics all that stuff can people in there doubting keeps people in there you know like you were saying like well we're marching down to these concentration camps and, uh, but they, they, we think we're going to get food and we're going to the grocery store no, but you're inside. They're insides. That man that we read, that Jewish guy, he knew. He goes, "No, this is wrong." The other people are like, "You're overreacting," mm-hmm. and we're not. We're not talking about extremists. We're talking about sensible, sound people that go, "I got to give a big no to this." Mm-hmm. And so you got, you know, we got to keep doing that. Keep uh, discerning and keep speaking, mm-hmm. and it makes sense. Um, and dismantling people are, and they'll be clouded. Like this very verse said, the God of this world is blind to the minds. When gross darkness filters down, people don't even make sense. Leaders have a language that are asinine. They'll say something that they would never say. Oh, we're not keeping people hostage. We're just not letting them get on planes. That's an example of retardation, right? That's, that's craziness. And who would even say that unless there was gross darkness? Yeah. I mean, a regular, even a regular liar would not say that. That's like too obvious. I mean, I, I, I'm even saying, you know, he's a, you have your father, the devil, the father of lies. Even a liar would be more smarter than that. So obviously he believes people are that stupid in this season of life that, he, like he said in Isaiah 10, they won't lift a wing. I stole all their treasures. They won't say anything because I got them duped with doubt. I got them duped with maybe. I got them duped and blinding their discernment because I keep confusing them, yeah. right? No, light is greater than darkness. Truth is greater than a lie. Yes. And we hold on to that, right? right. So that's universal stuff. So here, we, let's go to uh, Deuteronomy. I want to go there for a second. And uh, then I want to get to the third thought process here. Deuteronomy chapter 2. And it's verse 3. And, uh, it, and it's, you know, you know, it's like, you know, how do we say, like, Sarah likes to direct, direct, decorate for a uh, fall. Is it fall? We're in uh-huh. fall? Yeah. Yeah. She likes to decorate for fall, right? And there was a, there was a statement I thought about. I'm going to look at it for a second. I'm going to go to Deuteronomy 2 when you find it. Let's see. Deuteronomy 2. And it's going to be the third, third verse, I believe. Let me see. Yeah, and I want you to write this down in the, with this mindset. It's, it's not just that falls in the air, transition and changes in the air. It's not that it just falls in the air, a change of season. It's, it's that God's wanting his people to make some changes. Change and transition is in the air, not just falls in the air. So when we read seasons and, you know, and we enjoy them and the decorations and the pumpkins and all that stuff, that's cool, but also spiritually, changes in the air transitions in the air right mm-hmm. so deuteronomy 2 verse 3 and i'm going to go to then i'm going to go to first samuel 10 i believe let's see two uh, okay and the lord spoke to moses saying verse 2 
for you have roamed, this is the Amplified Translation, you have roamed around this mountain and this country long enough. Turn northward, right? King James says it like this, and the Lord spoke to me saying, you have compassed this mountain long enough. Turn, go northward, right? And he's like, there's times in life that we, we circle, right? We keep circling, but the Lord's always saying, I want to change your going around and chasing your tail to go north. I want you to progress. Mm -hmm. And so we learn in the ways of God is time for change. Say change. change. Time for transition. It's transition. It's like not to remain the same. And in Jeremiah, you write it down in 48, the 48th chapter. I hate these flies that are flying. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> and uh, so 48th chapter, he said, uh, I, you're sent. He's charging the people in there. You're sent has remained the same. You've remained the same. And I want you to true change to come to you. I'm paraphrasing. And he's, and so when change comes to our lives, the Lord is the Lord of change, not familiar. It doesn't stay the same. And then when you, I've been meeting people for the last, oh man, half a year. And I meet them and their language is the same. Mm -hmm. They say the same thing to me that they said to me a year ago. Mm -hmm. They say the same thing to me they said actually two years ago. Sorry. They have the same complaint that they had two years ago. Wow. That means they're not changing. That, and the only reason you're not changing is you're not cooperating. Right. Put cooperation. Mm -hmm. The reason people don't change is that, one, is they don't want to, right? Two is, uh, in, in, in biblical aspects, some of them don't. If you don't have an eternal life, you won't have a change in life. And you won't even wrestle with change, right? So that's first. That's why you tell people, hey, man, accept the Lord and you'll get a change in life. Why? Because eternal life will help you with the changes of your life. It won't let you stay in the same life. And that's how we start. That's why we tell people, hey, man, don't wait to come to the Lord Jesus. Come as you are. He won't leave you like you are because he's going to put eternal life in you here, not just playing a, a, a harp in heaven. That's not reality. But I'm going to change you here, and I'm going to demand change in you. You're going to wrestle. Mm -hmm. If you're st struggling with the sin, First John, he said, I'm going to make that righteous in you. You're not going to be able to dwell in it. I'm not going to let you. Okay, thank you. And the next thing, whatever the change will wrestle with you. That's what you need. That's eternal life first, right? Then that's part of a change of life. Number two, people don't change because they don't want to, mm -hmm. though they hear it. Yeah. Number three is they won't acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. Proverbs 3, 5 says, acknowledge the Lord in all your ways and he'll direct your path. If you're not willing to change, you have the eternal life in you as you do because you accepted the Lord and he's wrestling with you in an area, acknowledging, just acknowledging, keep acknowledging. That will change your language even, right? right. So when their language isn't changing, they're not changing. Something's wrong. Okay, they're right. They have eternal life. Yes. Um, why aren't they changing life? They don't want to. Mm -hmm. So that, then the Lord will wrestle with your want to until you will to. Yeah. Right? He, you know, people say, well, we have free will. We have volition. That's true. But when you have his will against your will, you lose every time. Right. Yeah, and that's the Gethsemane mentality. Jesus wrestled with the Father Three times, if it be your will, I don't want to. If it be your will, I don't want to. Sweat and blood, but eventually his will was bent to his will. Yeah. And it's going to be that way. That's called pre-will. That's what we talked about earlier. The predetermined will of God for your life is going to bend you to his will, regardless. Mm -hmm. And you're going to feel it. It's going to get stronger. And there's going to be more pressure that will give you power. And when you're trying to make transition in life, right? That, that's what the Lord's, that's what he wants, not to remain the same, not to stay the same. And if you do, and, if, and anybody, and anybody here or listening, if you're in, stuck in a religious uh, institution and the people are the same, they smell the same, they remain the same, their scent hasn't changed, they need to get out. Yeah. They don't live among the impotent. It's a sense of false security to live in the churchy. It's a sense of false security. The Lord's not changing. People aren't changing. They just say the same thing the same way, and there's no life. There's no meaning. There's no power to it. They quote a scripture, but they don't have his nature. They don't have his presence. You don't want to be there. You want to you want to hear the voice like Revelations. And behold, I heard a voice, and I looked behind me. Hear the voice within, and then look for him. That's in you. Yes. And then join yourself to others that are like that. He, it's the kingdom of God is part of the body of Christ, but it's the body of Christ. It's not the churchiness. It's the body of people that are joined to his life within each other. That's right. That's his reality. Mm -hmm. Now, the other stuff is crazy. I, I told Sarah the other day, you know, uh, going around the mountain, he says, I don't want you to go around the mountain. You can learn because you, you start seeing the scenery at the same time all the time. You hear yourself saying it. Mm -hmm. You go, I'm going around the mountain. There's things in my life. I have two areas. I'm facing them now. And I had them for years. Yeah. Right. And I know they are, but I went around the mountain so many times, I start to recognize it. Right. Yeah. And then sometimes you, you hear your language, and the language is the same. Mm -hmm. 
and say a, a year ago that shouldn't be that area of my life should not be it should be changed and but I'm, I'm saying the same thing and then well example like when then she told me something I was saying it and she hit me with a hard truth and I'm like go ahead and say that because that's gonna change my language it's gonna sober my mind it's gonna shut me up exactly. so I can grow up in this area and you know, and I said, don't feel bad. You know, the Bible says, if you want to make transition, seventy six or seventy two, let the righteous smite me. It's an oil to my head. Right. Because I was rattling around like, you know, like, and I'm like, and I know, and my, I'm right. And then, you know why? This truth, pow, sobering, quiet. I want to turn around, hit my knees, pray on the couch. Instead, I go to the office and I say, oh yeah, got it. Don't need to talk. Can't talk. It, it quieted me. Uh, that area, I can't go around the mountain anymore. Right. I can't keep having that language anymore. I got to change. Something's got to change. And the Lord's wanting to change. So he'll change us by direct his presence his in, in, in our lives. And he'll change us indirect through human agents. Lamentation says that. So I got a human agent because I'm not listening to the inner witness. Right? My language is, I, 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 was, I was listening in, denying that. But uh, and, and maybe even suppressing it, but not changing it, right? Mm -hmm. And then somebody outside, his agent outside, hits me with the truth. You know, I'm gonna sing Pat Benatar. Hit me with your best shot. <laughs> and then I was like, go ahead and hit me with your best shot, sir. <laughs> so fire away, yeah. But anyway, so I hit me. I go hit. It hit me and it sobered me. But I go and then I go pray and and I go. I gotta acknowledge it. It it shut my mouth. It shut my thinking. Gotta change it. So that helps me. Right? Because the Lord is all about you. The 48th chapter, I don't want you to remain the same. I don't want you sent to be that. Jesus says it in New Testament. I cannot put new wine full of energy, full of bubble, full of pop, full of intoxication into an old wineskin. Right. Yeah. I'll rip that thing up. Yeah. I cannot let you sew a patch on this new garment because it's going to rip. So he's about changing us, keeping us updated, yes. keeping us current. So when you're practically going through transition, say transition, transition. it's for change. And you're going to change. That's that inner marrow faith. You might take longer, wrestle with the Lord, but you're going to change. And he gives you, I tell Sarah, if I can find the faith in it, I can, I can start overcoming it. Right. If I don't have the faith in it, I'm flailing like a human. Yeah. You know, when you have that part of deity... In, in, inspiring you and to find faith in the situation, then you're gonna there's there will be a graduation for your life. Right. So you, you that's what you want to do. So change, right? Transformation. You guys look at uh, Jeremiah 48 when you go, I, your scent remains the same. He goes, God says my way of change is to send tilters to you. He said I'm gonna tilt you. That means the bottle. I'm gonna pour you out and empty you of all the stuff that's in there, and then I'm gonna shatter and break it. So you can't go back to it. So when people are going around the mountain and God's saying, I want you to go north to a higher place, they repeat and they go back. I, I was telling Sarah, I knew a kid that he was like a little punky kid and his name was Darren. And he would say stuff to me and another guy or something. And he'd talk mess until I put hands on him and throw him on the ground and start beating him, right? Yeah. And then and he'd say, sorry, sorry. Oh, no, man, I'm, I apologize. I will never do it again. And I go, okay, instead of like just really putting the kibosh on him, I let him go. Five, ten feet away, he, he's flipping me off. Yep. That's not change, no. right? That's not change. And, and so when you see things go on, and that's, I saw this, I told her two, a week ago, the little religious church has been quiet because they have no meaning, nothing going on. As soon as there's a little break and the bully left them, they're little Darren. F you. Now they're right back. And I told her, listen to this. I can't believe this because there's so much reality going on, like you're saying, dark, light. And then these guys, the, the, the guy, the bully has their neck on the ground. Okay, I won't say anything. And then the bullies lifts up. Now they're like, the church isn't dead. We were asleep. And here we go with this crazy uh, performance. Yeah. And then here comes the clouds again, the smoke screen, the, the Johnny Cash black suit. With the, what do you call it, the rhinestone cowboy? I go, you, you're the Darren. When you're getting beat down, I won't, I'm sorry. They let you up. You go right back to your ministry machine of nothingness. Mm -hmm. Same voice, same smell, stinks. Mm -hmm. I tell I can't, don't, I'm not listening to it. And everyone I, that I hear, I'll charge them, man. Look through this. Mm 
That's called going around the mountain and going back to what you were comfortable with. Right. The Lord never called us to be comfortable, right? right? He called us to transition and change. Right. He doesn't give us a, a break in life so we can go back to that same bottle that Jeremiah said. He said, I'm pouring it out. I'm breaking it. And then I'm going to give you a new bottle. And then I'm going to give you a new wine. And then you're going to be a new person but you're not going to smell the same. You're not going to look the same and, and taste the same, right? And that's change. And the how-tos in transition are, listen to the inner witness of God. Listen to your language. First Corinthians 2, Paul says, we speak a language of wisdom that's not common to the common man, which is a religious man or the, or the dead man. We don't speak that language. We speak a different language. Listen to the language that you're going in, that's coming out of you. I use that as a sounding board. I use it as a navigational, directional thing, where I'm at and where I'm not. I listen to my language when I'm talking to people. I listen to my language when I'm talking to God. And if my language is not current, in other words, here's another way of change and transition. Pressure will give power. Sometimes we voluntarily just don't want to change. And that's an Exodus principle. Until our back's to the wall and Pharaoh's coming, we're not crossing the Red Seas of our life. We will not do it because we're comfortable. And like I said, those people that go around the mountain and go back, they go right back to religious churches. You know how many people I've counseled in this? I've been here 20-something years. And in crisis, they come to my house in the night season, 12 midnight, 3, whatever, and help, help. I help them for a month. They go right back after they feel the bullies off of their life to their religious traditions. Why? Because they don't have to change anymore. And one guy told me that. I don't have to change. What you're requiring with God is demanding, and it causes change, and I gotta, I'm not comfortable. That's the, he was honest. The only one. One guy said that to me. Honesty. And uh, I go, yeah, okay. Well, at least you're honest. But that's the, that's the principle. we we got to change. Right. If the pressure will bring the power. You'll become miserable. It's agonizing to change. It's agonizing to transition. Because you're, you're, you're settled in yourself, what you're familiar with, what you're used to, and he's moving you somewhere else. The most creepy place for little crabs, and we're going to California, is to leave one shell to the next. They're vulnerable. They're, they're naked. Their little bodies are naked. They have the shell. When you go to mess with them in the tide pool, they do like that. That's my shell. But when you catch them in between, leaving their little shell to a bigger shell, they're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And they, they go, oh, I'm nervous. Like, it's like the old crap syndrome. Oh, you know, I can't. And, but then they get to the next shell, they're like, ah, and that's transition for us. Yeah. And we're not snakes, but snake skin, when they, it's pulling back, it sticks on the eyes, that's when they're the most poisoned. They're dangerous. They don't, they see, they can't see. They're shedding skin. They just want to bite. You get biting when you're transitioning. Right. Yeah, ask her. It's agonizing. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's frustrating. Yeah. It's, um, it's, uh, it can be a sense of, uh, man, this is difficult. But no, in transition, the pressure that you're facing within and without will bring the power for the change. Yeah. And that's, that's just a way. That helps you cooperate just with that. And then other people telling you the truth. They're not hammering you or trying to kill you or destroy you. They're just being honest with you. Your language here is off. What do you mean? Boom. And then you go, let the righteous smite me. It'll help me change. Exactly. Yeah. And it sobers you up out of any, any intoxicated drunkness that you're on by, the, by yourself, you know, by, by your Jeremiah or Elijah syndrome. You know, I'm under the tree. There's, there's hardly anyone that wants to do this, you know. And then you get a sobering word. And like, get up. Get off. Get up. Get up off your feet. Uh, get up. Start going. There's 7,000 others. Let's do this. Stop. Right. And you get it. And it hurts for a second. It does hurt. It's a tough transition. Is change, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, don't go. we don't go around the mountain. We don't go back, right? Yes. We go forward. And, and look, it might look ugly. How it looks when we transition, it might not look good. The snake that's shedding skin, he don't look pretty. Yeah. He doesn't even shine. He's got dead skin and new skin coming out. And so it's not pretty sometimes. On those type of changes, right? right. We'll wait till after it, though, yeah. okay? Okay. So, First Samuel chapter ten. Ways to change, right? Again, it's not just fall; it's transition time. It's change. So, it, so the pressure will give you the power. The acknowledging will help you hear your language, and that's wisdom. They'll be inner witnessing, right? And, and you'll hear that. So here's the thing in Romans 7. You guys write it down. Romans 7 is religious confusion where Paul says, there's a law of the Bible. Judge Dredd was a Stallone movie. Who, he's like, what are you? I'm Judge Dredd. Judge, <laughs> sentenced, and executed. You should see it. It's a, it's a funny show. But anyway, that's what you have to do. Because if you have maybe, you're going to be hamstrung. Right. You're not going to help your kids in life. You're going to be all, maybe they were telling me the truth. Or maybe this guy really isn't. God. No, maybe, 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 maybe. Get rid of the maybe. And you'll stay in reality. Yeah. 
And that's just every aspect of your life. So I tell her I'm getting rid of ifs, I'm getting rid of maybes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, want, I want out of it because it's, it's uh, cluttering me, yeah. it's frustrating me, mm -hmm. and it's, leaving, it's dulling my eyes, it's dulling my discerning. And I will not be nicer than Jesus. I will not buy into religion. I'm not going to do that. And so that life, but that living faith in you will come, it'll fight. And you'll say, just pull the trigger on it, man. Yes is yes, no is no. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then later, maybe, you know, you can hear how your head works. Like, well, maybe I didn't do it. Or maybe I, maybe it's done. Done. Yeah. Until otherwise. And if I did it wrong, he'll redeem it. Mm -hmm. So what? Mm -hmm. I got to live that way or else I'm going to get stuck. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and my, my uh, magazine is jammed. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I got this great magazine and thing, but I can't pull the trigger. Mm -hmm. Because of me. Because of my maybe. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, practice on the, the little ones, right? <laughs> They're like, you're sentenced, judge, jury. But, yeah. So, gross darkness. So, the little bit of light and discerning that we have, though we see in part, we don't see the whole, we still got to believe the part we see. Mm -hmm. That's 1 Corinthians 13. Though I see in part, the part you see, lean into it. The part you see, believe it. The part you see, call it. For yourself. If you don't say it to anyone else, call it in private. Live sanely. Don't, don't self-doubt. Mm -hmm. Don't double-mind it. Don't maybe it. That'll keep you right. But Jesus said if your eye is single, it'll be flooded with light. He said it's, it's bad when your eye gets uh, off and it starts taking in darkness. And there's a, I think it's Luke chapter 5, 35 maybe, something like that. So we want to keep our eye single, keep our eye square, keep it clean. That's our opticals, right? That's our opticals. He says, gross darkness of people. So, you know, universally, we're, we're, we're going to be in it. I mean, no matter where you go, wherever, it, th this funky presence, uh, is it's not relenting. You know, you can wake up day and night. You still have your love and your people, and you still do your will with God, but it's not relenting yet. It's mm -hmm. still dark, and it might be getting darker. I don't know how long that season is. You know, and like, I, I want to read you that scripture that I, that I quoted before I go on. And it's in the, it says, gross darkness, the peoples. And I looked up the word in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, and it says, uh, he, the God of this world that blinds the mind of those, right? And uh, it, the word blinds is 5186 in the Greek. And it says, having a cloudy perspective, blowing smoke, which causes spiritual blindness. That's just the definition. Experiencing cloudiness. It comes from the word to the root word 5187 is typhoon. I'm not a Greek guy, but whatever. Properly to blow smoke, cloud up the air, having a cloudy, muddled mindset. Moral blindness resulting in wrong judgment, which brings further loss to spiritual perception. It's just definitions, right? And so, arise, shine, your lights come. Just hang on to the light. Get rid of the maybes. Call it what it is. You know, and and live with it. And if it changes, then it changes. And then you go. You're not too arrogant to say, "I think I might, I was wrong. Right. I was wrong." But I'd rather do something right or wrong, but do something yeah. than do nothing and constantly being like uh, he said, "A double man, a man is unstable in all his ways." And all these truths apply nationally, but also practically right. to our lives. I mean, the smallest of things that we get stuck in. You know, like the the Jewish uh, book that we were just discussing. Mm -hmm. The reason why uh, the God of this world blinded their minds is because he knows how humans are wired. Spirit, they are a spirit, they have a soul, they live in a body. They, he knows that reasonings, logics, all that stuff can people in there. Doubting keeps people in there. Mm -hmm. You know, like you were saying, like, well, we're marching down to these concentration camps, and uh, but they, they, we think we're gonna get food and we're going to the grocery store. No, but you're inside. They're insides. That man that we read, that Jewish guy, he knew. He goes, no, this is wrong. The other people are like, you're overreacting. Mm -hmm. And we're not, we're not talking about extremists. We're talking about sensible, sound people that go, I got to give a big no to this. Mm -hmm. And so, you, got, you know, we got to keep doing that, keep uh, a discerning, and keep speaking. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense. Um, and dismantling. People are, in, and they'll be clouded. Like this very verse said, the God of this world is blind to the minds. When gross darkness filters down, people don't even make sense. Leaders have a language that are asinine. They'll say something that they would never say. Oh, we're not keeping people hostage. We're just not letting them get on planes. That's an example of retardation, right? right? That's, that's craziness. 
And who would even say that unless there was gross darkness? Yeah. I mean, a regular, even a regular liar would not say that. That's like too obvious. I mean, I, I'm even saying, you know, he's a, you know, if your father, the devil, the father of lies, even a liar would be more smarter than that. So obviously he believes people are that stupid in this season of life that, he, like he said in Isaiah 10, they won't lift a wing. I stole all their treasures. They won't say anything because I got them duped with doubt. I got them duped with maybe. I got them duped in blinding their discernment because I keep confusing them, yeah. right? No, light is greater than darkness. Truth is greater than a lie. Yes. And we hold on to that, right? right. So that's universal stuff. So here we, let's go to uh, Deuteronomy. I want to go there for a second. And uh, then I want to get to the third thought process here. Deuteronomy chapter 2. And it's verse 3. And, the, it, and it's, you know, you know, it's like, you know, how do we say, like, Sarah likes to direct, direct, decorate for a f uh, fall. Is it fall? We're in uh -huh. fall? Yeah. Yeah. She likes to decorate for fall, right? And there was a, there was a statement I thought about. I'm going to look at it for a second. I'm going to go to Deuteronomy 2 when you find it. Let's see. Deuteronomy 2. And it's going to be the third, third verse, I believe. Let me see. Yeah, and I want you to write this down in the, with this mindset. It's, it's not just that falls in the air, transition and changes in the air. It's not that it just falls in the air, a change of season. It's, it's that God's wanting his people to make some changes. Change and transition is in the air, not just falls in the air. So when we read seasons and, you know, and we enjoy them and the decorations and the pumpkins and all that stuff, that's cool, but also spiritually, Changes in the air, transitions in the air, right? Mm -hmm. So Deuteronomy two, verse three, and I'm gonna go to then I'm gonna go to First Samuel ten, I believe. Let's see, two, uh, okay. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, verse two. For you have roamed. This is the Amplified translation. You have roamed around this mountain and this country long enough. Turn northward, right? King James says it like this. And the Lord spoke to me saying, you have compassed this mountain long enough. Turn, go northward, right? And he's like, there's times in life that we, we circle, right? We keep circling. But the Lord's always saying, I want to change your going around and chasing your tail to go north. I want you to progress. Mm -hmm. And so we learn in the ways of God is time for change. Say change. change. Time for transition. It's transition. It's like not to remain the same. And in Jeremiah, you write it down in 48, the 48th chapter. I hate these flies that are flying. It's driving me crazy. And uh, so 48th chapter, he said, uh, I, you're sent. He's charging the people in there. Your scent has remained the same. You've remained the same. And I want you to true change to come to you. I'm paraphrasing. And he's, and so when change comes to our lives, the Lord is the Lord of change, not familiar. It doesn't stay the same. And then when you, I've been meeting people for the last, oh man, half a year. And I meet them and their language is the same. Mm -hmm. They say the same thing to me that they said to me a year ago. Mm -hmm. They say the same thing to me they said actually two years ago. Sorry. They have the same complaint that they had two years ago. Wow. That means they're not changing. That, and the only reason you're not changing is you're not cooperating. Right. Put cooperation. Mm -hmm. The reason people don't change is that, one, is they don't want to, right? Two is, uh, in, in, in biblical aspects, some of them don't. If you don't have an eternal life, you won't have a change in life. And you won't even wrestle with change, right? So that's first. That's why you tell people, hey, man, accept the Lord and you'll get a change in life. Why? Because eternal life will help you with the changes of your life. It won't let you stay in the same life. And that's how we start. That's why we tell people, hey, man, don't wait to come to the Lord Jesus. Come as you are. He won't leave you like you are because he's going to put eternal life in you here, not just playing a, a, a harp in heaven. That's not reality. But I'm going to change you here, and I'm going to demand change in you. You're going to wrestle. Mm -hmm. If you're st struggling with the sin, First John, he said, I'm going to make that righteous in you. You're not going to be able to dwell in it. I'm not going to let you. Okay, thank you. And the next thing, whatever the change will wrestle with you. That's what you need. That's eternal life first, right? Then that's part of a change of life. Number two, people don't change because they don't want to, mm -hmm. though they hear it. Yeah. Number three is they won't acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. Proverbs 3, 5 says, acknowledge the Lord in all your ways and he'll direct your path. If you're not willing to change, you have the eternal life in you as you do because you accepted the Lord and he's wrestling with you in an area, acknowledging, just acknowledging, keep acknowledging. That will change your language even, right? right. 
So when their language isn't changing, they're not changing. Something's wrong. Okay, they're right. They have eternal life. Yes. Um, why aren't they changing life? They don't want to. So then, then the Lord will wrestle with your want to until you will to, yeah. right? He, you know, people say, well, we have free will and we have volition. That's true. But when you have his will against your will, you lose every time. Right. Yeah, and that's the Gethsemane mentality. Jesus wrestled with the Father three times. If it be your will, I don't want to. If it be your will, I don't want to. Sweat and blood, but eventually his will was bent to his will. And it's going to be that way. That's called pre-will. That's what we talked about earlier. The predetermined will of God for your life is going to bend you to his will regardless. Mm -hmm. And you're going to feel it. It's going to get stronger. And there's going to be more pressure that will give you power. And when you're trying to make transition in life, right, that, that's what the Lord's, that's what he wants. Not to remain the same. Not to stay the same. And if you do, and, it, and anybody, and anybody here or listening, if you're in, stuck in a religious uh, institution and the people are the same they smell the same they remain the same their scent hasn't changed they need to get out yeah. they don't live among the impotent it's a sense of false security to live in the churchy mm -hmm. it's a sense of false security the lord's not changing people aren't changing they just say the same thing the same way and there's no life there's no meaning there's no power to it they quote a scripture but they don't have his nature they don't have his presence you don't want to be there right. you want to you want to hear the voice like revelations and behold i heard a voice and I looked behind me. Hear the voice within and then look for him. That's in you. Yes. And then join yourself to others that are like that. Yes. He, it's the kingdom of God is part of the body of Christ, but it's the body of Christ. It's not the churchiness. It's the body of people that are joined to his life within each other. That's right. That's his reality. Mm -hmm. That other stuff is crazy. I, I told Sarah the other day, you know, uh, going around the mountain. He says, I don't want you to go around the mountain. You can learn because you get you start seeing the scenery at the same time all the time. You hear yourself saying it. You go, I'm going around the mountain. There's things in my life. I have two areas. I'm facing them now, and I had them for years. Yeah. Right. And I know they are, but I went around the mountain so many times, I start to recognize it. Right. Yeah. And then sometimes you, you hear your language, and the language is the same. Mm -hmm. And say a, a year ago, that shouldn't be. That area of my life should not be. It should be changed. And but I'm I'm saying the same thing. And then, well, example like when then she told me something I was saying it, and she hit me with a hard truth, and I'm like, go ahead and say that, because that's gonna change my language, it's gonna sober my mind, it's gonna shut me up, exactly, so I can grow up yeah. in this area. And you know, and I said, don't feel bad. You know, the Bible says if you want to make transition, seventy six or seventy two, let the righteous smite me. It's an oil to my head. Because I was rattling around, like, you know, like, and I'm like, and I know, and my, I'm right. And then, you know why? This truth, pow, sobering, quiet. I want to turn around, hit my knees, pray on the couch. Instead, I go to the office and I say, oh, yeah, got it. Don't need to talk. Can't talk. It, it quieted me. Uh, that area, I can't go around the mountain anymore. I can't keep having that language anymore. I got to change. Something's got to change. And the Lord's wanting to change. So he'll change us by direct his presence his in, in, in our lives. And he'll change us indirect through human agents. Lamentation says that. So I got a human agent because I'm not listening to the inner witness. Right? My language is, I, 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 was, I was listening in, denying that, but, uh, and, and maybe even suppressing it, but not changing it. Right? Mm -hmm. And then somebody outside, his agent outside hits me with the truth. You know, I'm going to sing Pat Benatar. Hit me with your best shot. And then I was like, go ahead and hit me with your best shot, sir. <laughs> so, fire away. Yeah, but anyway. So, hit me. I go, hit, it hit me and it sobered me. But I go and then I go pray. And, and I go, I got to acknowledge it. it. It shut my mouth. It shut my thinking. Got to change it. So, that helps me, right? Because the Lord is all about you. The 48th chapter, I don't want you to remain the same. I don't want your scent to be that. Jesus says it in New Testament. I cannot put new wine full of energy, full of bubble, full of pop, full of intoxication into an old wineskin. Right. Yeah. I'll rip that thing up. Yeah. I cannot let you sew a patch on this new garment because it's going to rip. Nice. So he's about changing us, keeping us updated, yes. keeping us current. So when you're practically going through transition say transition, transition it's for change and you're gonna change that's that inner marrow faith you might take longer wrestle with a little bit but you're gonna change and he gives you i tell sarah if i can find the faith in it 
I can, I can start overcoming it. Right. If I don't have the faith in it, I'm flailing like a human. Yeah. You know, when you have that part of deity in, in, inspiring you and to find faith in the situation, then you're going to, there will be a graduation for your life. So you, you, that's what you want to do. So change, right? Transformation. You guys look at uh, Jeremiah 48 when you go, I, your scent remains the same. He goes, God says, my way of change is to send tilters to you. He said, I'm going to tilt you. That means the bottle. I'm going to pour you out and empty you of all the stuff that's in there. And then I'm going to shatter and break it. So you can't go back to it. So when people are going around the mountain and God's saying, I want you to go north to a higher place, they repeat and they go back. I, I was telling Sarah, I knew a kid that he was like a little punky kid and his name was Darren. And he would say stuff to me and another guy or something and he'd talk mess until I'd put hands on him and throw him on the ground and start beating him, right? Yeah. And then and he'd say, sorry, sorry. Oh, no, man, I'm, I'm apologize. I will never do it again. And I go, okay, instead of like just really putting the kibosh on him, I let him go. Five, ten feet away, he, he's flipping me off. Yeah. That's not change. No. Right? That's not change. And, and so when you see things go on, and that's, I saw this, I told her two, a week ago, the little religious church has been quiet because they have no meaning, nothing going on. As soon as there's a little break and the bully left them, they're little Darren. Mm -hmm. F you. Now they're right back. And I told her, listen to this. I can't believe this because there's so much reality going on, like you're saying, dark, light. And then these guys, the, the, the guy, the bully has their neck on the ground. Okay, I won't say anything. And then the bullies lifts up. Now they're like, the church isn't dead. We were asleep. And here we go with this crazy uh, performance. Yeah. And then here comes the clouds again, the smoke screen, the, the Johnny Cash black suit with the, <laughs> what, you, what you call it, the rhinestone cowboy. I go, you, you're the Darren. When you're getting beat down, I won't, I'm sorry. They let you up. You go right back to your ministry machine of nothingness. Mm -hmm. Same voice, same smell, stinks. Mm -hmm. I tell you, I can't. Don't. I'm not listening to it. And everyone I, that I hear, I'll charge them, man. Look through this. That's called going around the mountain and going back to what you were comfortable with. Right. The Lord never called us to be comfortable, right? right? He called us to transition and change. Right. He doesn't give us a, a break in life so we can go back to that same bottle that Jeremiah said. He said, I'm pouring it out. I'm breaking it. And then I'm going to give you a new bottle. And then I'm going to give you a new wine. And then you're going to be a new person when you're not going to smell the same, you're not going to look the same and, and taste the same, right? Absolutely. And that's change. And the how-tos in transition are, listen to the inner witness of God. Listen to your language. First Corinthians 2, Paul says, we speak a language of wisdom that's not common to the common man, which is a religious man or the, or the dead man. We don't speak that language. We speak a different language. Listen to the language that you're going in, that's coming out of you. I use that as a sounding board. I use it as a navigational, directional thing. Where I'm at and where I'm not. I listen to my language when I'm talking to people. I listen to my language when I'm talking to God. And if my language is not current, in other words, here's another way of change and transition. Pressure will give power. Sometimes we voluntarily just don't want to change. And that's an Exodus principle. Until our back's to the wall and Pharaoh's coming, we're not crossing red seas of our life. We will not do it because we're comfortable. And like I said, those people that go around the mountain and go back, they go right back to religious churches. You know how many people I've counseled in this? I've been here 20-something years. And in crisis, they come to my house in the night season, 12 midnight, 3, whatever, and help, help. I help them for a month. They go right back after they feel the bullies off of their life to their religious traditions. Why? Because they don't have to change anymore. And one guy told me that. I don't have to change. What you're requiring with God is demanding, and it causes change, and I gotta, I'm not comfortable. That's so, he was honest. The only one, one guy said that to me, honesty. And uh, I go, yeah, okay. Well, at least you're honest. But that's the that's the principle. We we gotta change. Right. It, the pressure will bring the power. You'll become miserable. It's agonizing to change. Mm -hmm. It's agonizing to transition, mm -hmm. because you're 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 settled in yourself, what you're familiar with, what you're used to, and he's moving you somewhere else. Right. The most creepy place for little crabs, and we're going to California, is to leave one shell to the next. They're vulnerable. They're, they're naked. Their little bodies are naked. They have the shell. When you go to mess with them in the tide pool, they do like that. That's my shell. But when you catch them in between, leaving their little shell to a bigger shell, they're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And they, they go, oh, I'm nervous. Like, it's like the old crap syndrome. Oh, you know, I can't. And, but then they get to the next shell, they're like, ah, and that's transition for us. Yeah. And we're not snakes, but snake skin, when they, it's pulling back, it sticks on the eyes, that's when they're the most poisoned. They're dangerous. They don't, they see, they can't see. They're shedding skin. They just want to bite. You get biting when you're transitioning. Right. 
Yeah, ask her. It's agonizing. It's uh, it's uh, it's frustrating. Yeah. It's um, it's uh, it can be a sense of uh, man, this is difficult. But know and transition the pressure that you're facing within and without will bring the power for the change. Yeah. And that's that's just a way that helps you cooperate just with that. And then other people telling you the truth. They're not hammering you or trying to kill you or destroy you. They're just being honest with you. Your language here is off. What do you mean? Boom. And then you go, let the righteous smite me. It'll help me change. Exactly. Yeah. And it sobers you up out of any, any intoxicated drunkness that you're on by, the, by yourself, you know, by, by your Jeremiah or Elijah syndrome. You know, I'm under the tree. There's, there's hardly anyone that wants to do this, you know? And then you get a sobering word. And like, get up, get off. Get up, get up off your feet. Uh, get up, start going. There's 7,000 others. Let's do this. Stop. Right. And you get it. And it hurts for a second. It does hurt. It's a tough transition is change, right? So uh, don't go, we don't go around the mountain. We don't go back, right? Yes. We go forward. And, and look, it might look ugly. How it looks when we transition, it might not look good. The snake that's shedding skin, he don't look pretty. Yeah. He doesn't even shine. He's got dead skin and new skin coming out. And so it's not pretty sometimes. On those type of changes, right? right. We'll wait till after it, though, yeah. okay? Okay, so 1 Samuel, chapter 10. Ways to change, right? Again, it's not just fall, it's transition time, it's change. So, it, so the pressure will give you the power. The acknowledging will help you hear your language. And that's wisdom. They'll be inner witnessing, right? Mm -hmm. and, and you'll hear that. So here's the thing in Romans 7, you guys write it down. Romans 7 is religious confusion where Paul says... There's a law of the Bible. 